0: Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999.
1: Well, I've seen two you know, really good examples of that, even in the last week client of mine, who's really just facing a little bit of a, of a change is a great resignation. They want the right people in the right seats and they're working hard to do it and really watching them come together to support one another and keep their people I'm and their members intact don't get because the people that have come from All other organizations recognize the environment like say, that they've been put in that it's not like so other important. brands. I want to so jump to a question for you, Dave. What a value that Can I finish, a, I, I finish something on that? And I thought, most recently, I had a conversation with a there, young like, man. And, you know, and he's and in searching out a junior hockey program in and he's looking for that environment. He's looking for a team that's going to put together early on. Of course, they'll have to make some minor changes but this is a team we're going with to win like that, Our league title that we've done this there, a number of times comes down to, as opposed to some of the organizations which is a revolving valued door of players and they're, they're where you know, it's going to so be hey i'm three weeks in this town and then and it's not, i'll either be promoted or you know, cut and it's like you know, hey you we don't, we don't start make out with your, 22 players and by the end you've got a roster of over 61 athletes in a season you're like
2: wow i just got to know dave i really liked them and then i don't know they they really not being valued if they're not being appreciated they're not allowed to make a contribution they're not getting those investments you don't have a magnet to attract them, you know, right. and in a business, it's different from winning a, a championship, but you have to be able to show in your marketing, you have to be able to show how your people are valued, how you value your, the other dozens of people that go into your, your business. Cause without that, if, if they're not telling their stories, you're not going to attract them. You have to build a magnet around the voices of these people and they will not have a, they will not have a healthy voice if they're not being valued. Well, I think when we talk about winning, you know, there's
1: a lot of KPIs around winning and what that means. You know, I like, I like Ted Lasso says, you know, I don't, I don't concern myself too much in wins and losses, right? Like to me, there's a lot of winning and, you know, I, I love, I, we, we talk a lot about the top 20%, right? The top 20% is what I call hired because if, listen, if you're better out of four than five, they're going to get in, you know, there's going to be five builders that are going to be offered an opportunity to build this yeah. home for someone. And if you're better yeah. than the other, the other four, you're going to get the job. And right. I've seen organizations destroy everybody, everything inside it, trying to be in this top 3%. And I'm not saying I, I am a guy who, who's coached around the top 1% my whole life. So I get the understanding of the desire for more. But There's another element that I would say, especially in business, you know, sustainability is one of those big itty words we talk about. Listen, you've been in the top 20% for 25 years. And, and guess what? we, there, there's going to be another 50 more because we've, we've built a model that people are going to want to be here. They're going to want to be a part of our organization. They're going to be in that for a long time. And Hey, do we lose some opportunities to maybe, you know, a high flyer, one of the best groups in the world that might beat us out on something. And listen, I've been beat by the best in the world and I'll tip my cab and say, well, Dave, that's a game, man. You know, hats off to you, brother. Because if you beat me fair and square, I'd better go home and practice. But you know, we got there. We played in the finals, right? Like you and I both had to beat sixteen people to get there, and sixteen other teams to get there. And and sometimes, you know, this is this is this NCAA, right? This is a big deal in America. as We watch March Madness. Listen, there's one winner, right? Everybody else, the other sixty-eight teams, go home a loser, right? Yeah,
2: but don't that's forget it, that, that that's. True, but many of those other teams, it was a win to get there. And, oh, you, dude, and it, right? it's a success story. Maybe so you success. have to you have to celebrate the milestones. And what you what we were talking about in business there, where you know, somebody beats you or whatever, or the or the company that's trying to get, you know, be in the in the top three percent. One of the things that business owners have to fight is using cost or price as their differentiator. Like when you're willing to you see it, they get competitive. You have three or four builders competing on a custom home, or they have that mi- the mindset around that, and they're making about price. It becomes a race to the bottom where you're discounting your services and you're willing to sell your value for less. And that's something that we talk with every business owner about. And going back to who, not how, and the, and the four freedoms freedom of relationship is amazing to put yourself in a situation where I only choose the clients, like you're the buyer. When our businesses go in and they're interviewing a client we want to know is this a client that we can make happy is this a client that will be a value w- w- that values us because if i'm the business owner or the business developer and i go out there and i sell that you know do the deal and it's a three and a half million dollar deal at a discounted rate and it gets handed over to a team to build very very difficult for them to do that and if it's the wrong client it's, it could be a year and a half two year relationship boy have you ever just messed them up for the next year and a half mm. because you were too eager to have what you think is a win that's the sale is not the win it's having delivering an exceptional experience to each other not just you to the client but the client back and you and you've taught them how to be a part of your your team and you all have a rewarding experience rewarding is another word i use a lot that's a key a thing to key in on is how do we have, how do we deliver a rewarding interaction with every interaction that we do? And if I'm the business owner, I can't just go out and sell, sell, sell. It's not sustained. Well, you, you know, you're going to have too many clients that don't fit in with your core values and your vision. They don't value you appropriately, but that takes an awful lot of training. You have to be worth it. If you want to retain the highest levels, that means you have to make investments in your team. You have to have the right, you know, training the right systems the right processes the right support the right culture the right, right belief you know all those things around that otherwise you won't be worth it your team won't be able to deliver at the level that they need to deliver at so if you can get that freedom of relationship into your business where you're picking and choosing your clients and that's not to say that you win everyone but you never take a client because you have to or because you know your pipeline's weaker you set your people up to thrive by, by doing that. And, but it, it does take a heck of a lot of investment infrastructure and, and a bunch of other things that you need a, a great foundation that you need to put in all wrapped in a, a culture of elevation. I love it.
1: So tell me like this, I I have a quick question about wh- what do you think, did you have a, like an impactful pivot point when you were a kid that said, Hey, I'm going to be a real estate investor and I'm going to own companies and I'm going to have partners all over North America. I mean, is this like, You know, is that what you were dreaming about when you were 10 years old?
2: No, I'm a dreamer. So I was dreaming about owning, you know, lots of apartments because I saw that one, it's a valuable service. And no matter what the economy is, people always need a place to live. So it's one of those industries where it's like, wow, if you can do that. The other thing that intrigued me was that you would buy it with a little bit of money, a, a down payment. You would borrow the majority of it from a financial institution or sometimes the seller would hold some of the financing as well and that would reduce the amount of down payment that you needed but if you put and I managed the first one's my, myself but you know the rental income comes in it pays off the bank you know you're using other people's money you're, you you're doing that but you're providing a valuable service and a needed service and it was scalable so it was just exciting to me to think hey you know you could start out with let's say you know my first apartment building, I bought with $9,000 of my own money. And it was amazing to me that this thing, you know, would be paid off other people, the people paying the rent would be paying this thing off. So as a kid, I looked at it and I thought that just makes total sense. And not only is it paid off, but it's going to double or triple, or <laughs> we've seen stuff going from that in value. So, you know, that's what I was dreaming about from the real estate side at the beginning. But I've always been an ideas guy and business challenges have always been fun for me. And that why, that's why it was so intriguing to, to look at this big industry opportunity, where, you know, a is coming in to shift a market to harmonize a marketplace that's really fractured. I just thought that's an amazing challenge. I think the business fundamentals are there. It should work. It's scalable. So that was intriguing to get into. That's awesome. Do you think like, I I love the quote from Chris
1: McChesney and Sean Covey winners when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win. Yeah. So was there a time ever where, you know, you had your back against the wall, you're mired in this thing on, this isn't working (laughs) like, and, and everything's frustrating. You're, you're down, but not out, but you've got to come through something pretty tough. Can you talk to me about a time in your life? Or you were there?
2: Yeah. So I had, well, a very personal one is that I had a horrible back problem. So, you know, I was still trying to play hockey. I had a degenerative disc. I ended up having, you know, four back surgeries in Canada. I could barely function as a human. I was on 18 to 24 Percocets a day for a year Mm -hmm. and a half and drinking a bottle of wine at night secretly. You know, and then just barely getting through the day, and uh, ultimately, I ended up going to uh, Germany for a procedure that they didn't do in Canada at the time. So, I have a my fifth surgery was for a prosthetic disc, and I was going through that my. This was in 2013, so I was going through this same like. This is the time I was talking to Blair at Aler, going through what am I going to do next? Going through this personal challenge of I got to get myself fixed because I had. At the, between my last surgeries in Canada, I had lost 80% of the movement in my left leg. I was starting to lose bladder control. I had all kinds of nerve issues going on. Couldn't lift up my kids. I could barely function. And having this opportunity come at the same time was was invigorating. And then when you have a crisis like that or something where you get your life back, because I had that surgery on a Monday. The following Monday, I was riding a bike in France. And four months later, I was playing hockey again. So that's getting, that's almost, for me, that was like getting a new lease on life. And I and I didn't want to, I didn't want to waste it. But I think we go through challenges all the time. Most of them, when you look at it, there's physical ones, like I just talked about. And for an athlete, that that's a real thing too, like like a knee injury or something that's career ending, and then you got to reinvent yourself. But I feel like now you have the opportunity to reinvent yourself whenever you want it's just a matter of a mindset shift. So, if you're struggling with something, what I realized where I was, you know, when I when I started with my, you know, construction coaching and finding other builders and bringing in and supporting them, I found that there were so many things that I was not good at and I had people telling me I had to get better at these things, I had to work on this and work on that, and it was frustrating and I wasn't having the level of success that I wanted to. But when I realized, hey, I need to stop trying to do all of this stuff on your own recognize your weaknesses and start to build a team and and bring people in and that's what i ultimately did is i brought in a support team to say listen i'm not very good at this what is my role ask yourself if you're in a position where you're losing all the time take an inventory of "Well, what are you doing what are you good at what do you not like doing and what do you need to get off your plate so that you can focus on what i talked about earlier creating that magnet and opportunity for other people and go about reconfiguring you know reinventing yourself and the way you reinvent yourself is surround yourself with different people you mm-hmm. know the right team and don't feel guilty about it like i felt you know there's been times in my life where i was ashamed that i w- wasn't good at doing things and you know people would say you know well, why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing that you know if you find yourself not loving what you're doing Ask yourself, am I the person who should be doing it? And now we're getting back to Who Not How, which is the premise of the book, which is why it resonates so much with me. It's like, if you're procrastinating, that is right there. Dan Sullivan calls it procrastination is wisdom. I call it enlightenment. If you find yourself procrastinating on something, pause and recognize it. Ask yourself, why am I not doing this? Is it because you hate doing it? Is it because you're not good at it? Are you embarrassed about it? should you be doing it and there's little thing rolls around a house where it's like i'm not good at doing like any maintenance and stuff around my house i, I pay somebody to do that if i love doing it it would be fun to go out and putter around in the yard i got buddies who are great at it they love doing it and when they're doing it and you hear like oh i wish you were more like brett like he's look at brett how he look at his yard and everything like that and you feel like well you know am i Is that something I need to work on? Should I be going out and doing that stuff? But no, don't. Be comfortable with what you're good at, what you love doing. And that will free up space for those other things. What you look at right now is something that you should be doing, where you really shouldn't, is possibly an opportunity for somebody else. There are people who do those things. It's meaningful to them. They love it. They're good at it. Picture those things not as passing the buck, but as creating an opportunity. And yes, there's still some things that no matter what you have to do, you know, organizing your your package for your accountant every year, it's tax time coming up here. So things like that, yeah, there's the inevitables, but anytime you can take an inventory, take a stock of what you should be working on and anything else, instead of looking at it as passing the buck or just sweeping it off your plate, change the lens on it and think, is this an opportunity for somebody else? Who can I find that would value doing this work? And, Pay for it, outsource it, do it. That'll free you up to do your hundred-dollar an hour, five hundred-dollar an hour, thousand-dollar an hour stuff, and put your energy into into those things. And there's there are really great testing things that you can do to find out what you're good at, like your Clifton Strengths Finder, yep. your Colby Score. You know, if you're struggling to learn about yourself, and you know it's not something you've dug into before, that was amazing for me. You know, that combination. The, doing some of that self reflection self analysis reading who not how getting into strategic coach a, a few other things where it's like you discover who you you become okay with who you are and you know i talked about freedom of relationship being one of those four freedoms the first the very first piece of that or the most mm-hmm. valuable piece of that is the freedom of relationship with yourself you know be okay with who you are or find a way to get okay with who you are. Cause you know, everybody's got stuff they wanna change no matter what, but getting there is such an amazing starting point. It'll make you a better leader. It'll help you to, to understand what other people are going through, help you to see how to go through these exercises with them. Because once you've done it with yourself, you know, you can recognize things in other people where they may be struggling and you can pull some one of your teammates aside and say, hey, you know, you haven't delivered on this time and time again, you know, why why is that is that happening do we need to get that off their plate and give them something more meaningful so the things that work for you work for the rest of your team as well
1: yeah i think that's so important i mean i think that's great advice i think one of the things we get into for whatever reason is some level of shame cycle where i'm i'm supposed to be good at this because my dad's good at that right like my dad's an accountant hey why aren't you better at accounting like Yeah. And study accounting. He did, right? Like, you know, it's not like it's not like what I had a passion for. I get frustrated by kids with that, right? As a major league guy. I I had an experience with a my son when he was young, like seven, eight years old. And it was a travel team. And hey, you're the son of a division one baseball player and a coach in the major leagues. And I thought he, you know, I just thought you'd be a lot better. You know, a dad told my son this when he's eight years old. And I just thought, like, you gotta be kidding me, man. Like Yeah eight bro eight right. like i mean like we do not have to be our parents right and we do not have to be something we're not and uh, you know we're perfect as we are made in you know an image that i believe is is the perfect one and there are no mistakes there so finding that i think is really important and you've really given some nice tips on how to do it so i love it dave if, if i was to ask you what's the superpower that separates you from others catapults you to the 1%
2: Oh, superpower. So I would go to my Clifton strengths from this and it's a combination of some of those top things. It's for me, strategy, ideation, futurism, and positivity. I refuse to dwell on negativity. I love thinking about how I can make something better in the future. I have a high degree of create strategic creativity. So mm-hmm. I'm able to solve, solve things. And it just becomes fun. So that ability, you know, and combined with, you, you need to be able to communicate your ideas too. That's something that I struggled with for a long time. I would have mm. ideas. I would, I would either keep them to myself or share part of them. And you can develop some this what, what people call an imposter syndrome, where you're constantly living in your ideas, and and you're there's somebody that you want to be, but you're not. You feel that you're that person, but you're not getting the results that you want. EOS really helped me with that. I don't know if you've you've heard of EOS and yeah, uh, familiar.
1: No Gino, yep.
2: Yeah, so Gino and Traction, and that was one of the things that helped unlock me because I'm very high on the visionary side of things, like forward thinking, figuring stuff out, positive positivity, elevating other people. So what I found when I read EOS or read Traction and learned about the difference between the visionary and the integrator. There's completely, they're completely different skill sets. So that sort of helped to unlock me understanding that the visionary's role is not to do all these things. I, for many, many years, had all these ideas, new business ideas, movie ideas, all sorts of stuff that I would get excited about and I would tell people. And then very few of them would would happen. I was still, in other people's mind, very successful, you know, growing this, you know, apartment building portfolio and having these businesses and and outwardly successful, but inwardly not happy. I call it the visionary's curse because I had all these ideas that I never got to meet in real life. Hmm. And then I started to worry that what's going on with me when I have these ideas and I start talking about them with people and thinking about them, am I releasing like endorphins in my brain that give me some drug-like rush that I'm happy enough thinking about them. My imagination is such that I'm getting some sort of sensation and I don't need to take action. And then you're frustrated and you feel guilty about that. And you realize when you read traction and you learn about the role of the integrator, when you read who, not how, and and it, it talks about how to identify why things aren't happening. I recognize The reason I wasn't taking action is because I didn't know what to do next. I had the idea or I would start to do some of it, but I didn't know how to do all of it. And so you stop. And if it's not your strength to dig in and and do these things, if your if your strength or your superpower is to create new ideas and create meaningful missions for people to go on and exciting things to work on, then you're not going to be living in that state if you're constantly trying to figure out everything on your own so learning how the integrator needs the visionary and the visionary needs the integrator and how that all works together that really helped to unlock Mm. me and set me free so i don't i you know i'm very very happy surrounding myself with people where i say okay here's the idea let's work on the concept how do we do it and then you hand it over to them and you get out of the way and you just check on it yeah and that allows you to move on to the next initiative and what it creates is an environment where there's lots of new and exciting things, but if it's left to me to do it, that shit doesn't get done. I mean, it's it it dies on the vine. And it was particularly memorable to me, I had somebody close to me where I was telling them about an idea and they said, dude, don't, actually, I don't even want to hear about, about it because I don't want to hear about another thing you're not going to do. And that wow. can, that can hurt, but I also appreciated it. It because it was like you know what that's kind of true like I need to really look into why these things are not happening at the pace that I want to happen at. So yeah, I recommend you know everybody out there go investigate these things like who not how traction and EOS and spending some time digging into your own analysis is really really great for you to just be comfortable with you know who you are who you want to be and and you're then you no longer become know ashamed you can celebrate your superpower instead of feeling like you know you might have a cape and kryptonite right so yeah no i love
1: that i love that i'm gonna add you should check out the uh, pyramid of leadershipity that's very important for someone as a
2: leader let's
1: let's talk about you look back on the trials you know you talk about this trial the back injury but other trials you've been through in business too is there one value or belief or action that you took to turn things for you immediately. Like if someone could only do one thing today and they are out there listening and you know, there are their people are right. Dave, we got, we always got people in uncharted territory challenges they're facing. You know, if you could give them one thing right now that maybe really
2: turn things for you, what would you tell them? I would probably say, have the courage to ask for help. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's hard to reach out. It's hard to admit failure or pending failure, but if you're to sit down in a room with with a bunch of other people and tell a story or talk about a, a topic and they and you had everything solved, nobody's going to or you or you presented it as if you had it figured out that everything is fine when it's not. They're not going to jump in and try and collaborate with you on it. But if you sit down and say, Wow, I'm struggling with this, these are the things that I've tried already, what do you guys think? You would be surprised at how much support you get. And Having other, other brains help to solve your problem, it's fantastic. You know, it, you really get people digging in. And if you're certain nobody needs to help you, you already have the answer. If you're uncertain and you're willing to be vulnerable, then you'll get that support. I love that. I,
1: I will also tell you, leadership. We we have a comment around this. I think it's very important because I think words matter. If I tell Dave I have a problem and I'd really like his help, Dave's a good friend of mine, so he'd probably help me. The general public, our our team members, we all have problems. And there's many times someone might come to me and say, hey, Trent, I got a problem. And I'm like, man, I got plenty of my own. I'm not interested, Dave. yeah. If you come to me and you say, hey, I'm having this challenge. I'm really in an uncertain place right now, and I could use some help. Like, ooh, when I heard challenge, like the people that are going to come alongside you, they've got that mindset like, ooh, challenge. Dave and I are like, what do you need us to do, man? (laughs) We're like like already bowing up. The shoulders are back. Like we got a challenge in front of us that we're going to help somebody with. Like those words matter. Problem to challenge is a different deal. So as you ask for help, I really encourage you. Invite someone into your challenge. Tell them about the uncertainty you're facing. Tell them about these challenges. And I think Dave just mentioned some great things. You've got an inventory to tell them about the issues that are happening. You've got uh, some things that you've looked at, of uh, things that are enlightening to you. Why am I procrastinating? Where am I at? Where's my role in this? And, and, and I'm uncomfortable doing some things that I'm being asked to do inside my organization. Maybe I don't do well. And so all these things that you've got to be able to to tell and learn about you and, and where you're at inside this challenge and what you may need describing the, the surrounding team members that are inside your challenge that are willing to help and finding out what you may not have around you that you've, that you need. You may just discover that inside this challenge. So strongly encourage you. Is there a quote day that you like things are down? Like, Hey man, this gets me back going this, this regulates, my balance if things feel uneasy and earthquakey and I'm, I'm walking on shaky ground is there something that stabilizes you that says hey i've learned this and i go back to the
2: foundation back to
1: basics with this saying
2: i i don't know if there's a, a back to basics one but there's something that there's a quote from the tragically hip which is a cool canadian band that helped me when i was going through you know my imposter syndrome and figuring out like you know, being, being comfortable with myself and, and the, the quote is no one's interested in something you didn't do. And I, it was, it was used in a different context, but I related it to myself where it's like, if you don't take action on it, why are you, if you're not planning on taking action, not planning on doing anything about it, why are you talking about it? It's one thing to have some collaborators with to run an idea around when you're you're considering it, but you need to work on, you know, how, how you communicate, if you're doing that, it's like, like you just talked about how you're you're challenged, how you take it. It's like, I I was going to say, you just dropped the why, you know, you take it from being your challenge to our challenge by involving uh, other people. Right. So for me, it was, yeah, no one's interested in, in something you didn't do. So I, I just think of before I start going down this path, what do how do i need to communicate this is this something that i'm committed to and i use a strategic coach tool called an impact filter where it allows you to map out you basically sell the idea to yourself first and figure out how you're going to share it with with your team because you probably aren't going to be able to do it yourself you're going to need buy-in so that helped to release me from just blabbing every idea out all over the place all the time and, and feeling like a fraud
1: Nice. I thought about our time together this week. I know you're an action-oriented person, Dave. This is really important. I came across this quote from the basketball coach in the NBA, Phil Jackson, also the author of 11 Rings, because he's been a champion. You're only a success at the moment you perform a successful act. You've got to do it again. Yeah. So, hey, we take this action, and then, like, man. and And I just feel like, hey, this is something you've done so well, Dave, through your career. For all those out there, thank you for joining us, Dave. So happy to have you on. Thanks, man.
2: Yeah, this was really fun. You got me thinking on about a whole bunch of different stuff. I didn't, I didn't know we were gonna, we were gonna go down all these roads, but it was, uh, it's fun to explore that and and to be vulnerable a little bit with you too. So thanks. You, you gave me a, a real healthy environment to do that, and I appreciate it.
1: Appreciate, it, Dave. As always, join us on the Winners Find a Way show every Friday, twelve thirty p.m. Eastern, nine thirty a.m. Pacific. And of course, by handles are Trent M. Clark or Leadershipity on all the social media channels. Watch for our upcoming ebook on the Pyramid of Leadershipity. Rate us five stars. We'll see you next time
0: Thank you for listening to the Winners Find A Way show and podcast. Trent, together with the leaders who shared their learning and experiences through this show, are grateful for allowing them to help and support you on your journey to becoming your best. Write a review, rate us five stars, and share this episode to your network.